Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. My name's Andy Bell, uh, joined as ever by Luke Niblock. Nib, how's it going? Uh, wedding yesterday, so a bit tender, but... <laughs> uh, I'm not so bad, you know, it was okay. a lot worse this morning, but now that I've got a podcast ready to record, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling excited, I'm ready to go. Buzzing, okay. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it is going to be a bit of a shorter one, obviously, you'll maybe be glad to hear, because uh, we obviously did do the, the 10 minutes uh, from outside of Windsor after the, the Netherlands game, so if you want to have a look at that... Have a listen to that. That's available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. So today we're going to be mainly talking about the big news of the week, uh, which is the playoff draw, who will be playing in the playoffs, and also we'll be touching a bit on the Germany 6-Northern Ireland 1 match, uh, which was a bit of a dead rubber, but I think we can talk talk a little bit about it, uh, and the squad, and how we're, how we're looking in the build-up to the playoffs. So, should we start with the, the big news of the week then? Uh, home yes. playoff in the final, if we get past Bosnia. Uh, how big an advantage is that? Well, that's a huge advantage. I think we talked about it on previous podcasts as well. I think, honestly, that in terms of how the sides have worked out, the pool, we've got Bosnia, of course, and then you've got Slovakia and Republic of Ireland. I would honestly pin any of those three at home as a, a really good chance for us to win. So I think the fact that we've got Belfast is huge. I mean, atmosphere-wise, we already know why it's huge. I mean, we'll, we'll create, we really will be that 12th man for the team. I mean, it will be a mad atmosphere there in a, in a playoff game like that with the sides going to the Euros and all, I mean the atmosphere is going to be ridiculous yeah. but not only that I mean just our, our record at Windsor is great I mean we do hold our own there and especially under Michael we've had just such a cracking record there really and it's only been exception of a few games there um, I mean obviously like the German game for example but we, we've proven against Holland that we keep a clean sheet against teams like that against opposition like that it's it's, it's a huge huge boost for us and it's actually I think going to give a real kick to the players as well going into Bosnia because yeah. I think now that they know that Belfast is the, is the, is the final potentially that is that's a huge boost for the players as well mentality wise and we should we should keep mentioning obviously this is all hypothetical i mean the bookmakers will have bosnia versus slovakia as the likely final that's yeah. just the way it is because they're both at home in the semi-finals i think the thing is with teams of the sort of ilk of bosnia slovakia turkey czech republic northern ireland republic all those sort of teams that aren't titanic nations but aren't minnows and they're sort of all much of a muchness more or less i think home advantage is such a big factor you look at any of the groups and any of the results of the teams of that sort of ilk I was talking about, and you'll see they've picked up most of their, their points at home. I mean, certainly Bosnia, in they finished on 13 points in their group. Their, I think their group was Italy, Finland, Liechtenstein, Armenia, Greece, and Bosnia. So, you know, n- not, not an impossible group, certainly an easier group than what we had. And I sort of think maybe we might have qualified for that group. Uh, but the thing to note is they did take 10 of their 13 points at home. Uh, they hammered Finland at home, who eventually qualified. Uh, hammered Liechtenstein at home, as you'd expect. Armenia are a decent enough side, beat them at home. Uh, drew with Greece and lost to Italy. So these guys are, uh, Bosnia are quite a good team at home. So this, you know, they are by far the favourites against us. But what I was thinking going into the draw was if we have two away games against potentially, uh, well, against Bosnia and then potentially Slovakia, I don't know if I'd back us to get there because, you know, to go in the space of a week and get two away wins especially for Northern Ireland and I know our away form has improved of late but I just thought it might be too big an ask now going to Bosnia and getting a win will be a big ask but I strongly back us against either either of those two teams at Windsor especially mm. the Republic of Ireland yeah no I would say so I, th- I mean I think Republic of Ireland potentially imagine that in Belfast it would <laughs> be such an incredible unique game to watch yeah. you know, it would be a mad game of football and it would be so much on the line of course but 
I mean, I, I would back us against Slovakia or Republic at home ultimately. So that just shows that if we can get through this Bosnia game, there's such a brilliant chance that we can go to the Euros and see another major tournament. Well, who would you prefer if we do get past Bosnia? Uh, I know there will I know there will be some people sort of complaining that we're maybe getting too far ahead of ourselves. But and it, it is important to talk about this because, mm. you know, everyone was watching that draw on, fr- uh, on Friday, whether, whether they pretend they were or weren't mm. or were at least following it. So, I mean, Slovakia, I would say, are probably the better team. Uh, maybe even the best team of the four yeah. uh, them or Bosnia I think they're you know in terms of individual quality uh, they probably are slightly better than ourselves mm. in the Republic of Ireland I'd say Slovakia are probably the better team but with the whole circus that would go on around the match against the Republic you know it could just be one of those games where form completely goes out the window and that's yeah. not what we want because we are a better team than the Republic of Ireland yeah I think ultimately like when you consider the two prospects overall not just in terms of quality of opposition but the whole thing around both games I think it's actually a pretty equal affair either way like Slovakia it's you know, there's obviously not a whole affair going around around the game you know yeah. it's very much you know Northern Ireland against Slovakia footballing game yeah. that's it but obviously with Ireland you get you know with the Republic of Ireland you get a huge debacle around that and you just worry about how that might affect the player's head you mean there might be a few rash tackles that go in there could be the chance of an early red card things yeah. like that can happen in games do like that do not play Kyle Lafferty do not play Kyle Lafferty is a good shot as well for that one but that would be I, I honestly, the same about James McLean as well yeah no exactly and I, but I do think it actually is pretty even and I honestly would take either and I, I'm not yeah. just saying that to sit in the fence I would take yeah. either side here because I, I couldn't really call that um, in terms of a fixture I really couldn't so I'd take either side I really would well the thing I would say about Slovakia and the Republic of Ireland is it's two teams where there's there's no real big big names in the sense that you know with Bosnia you've got you've got Jeku you've got Pjanic world class bowlers the rest of the team's fairly average on paper but you would say you know okay Slovakia they've got Hamsik he's 32 now he's playing in the Chinese league he's not the same player as he once was individual quality worries me as an other fan so for example Bosnia you've got like Ed Jeku and Marilyn Pjanic these guys are, are properly world class bowlers. Um, where the, as the likes of Slovakia, you know, and the Republic of Ireland, they don't have that same same individual quality. So I think it would come down more to a tactical battle. And obviously, Michael O'Neill, you back him every day of the week. Uh, in that scenario, certainly yeah, at Windsor definitely. Park. So, well, I mean, what what do you think, sort of Bosnia? Yeah, like, are you? I know you said you're confident, but is it? Are you worried about the individual quality? Like, or do you back Michael to sort of shut that off? I think it's about taking the chances isn't it yeah it is ultimately about taking the chances the thing about like games like this where you really try to like man mark players out of the game and you target players is you can just leave little spaces and, and these things happen naturally it's not that obviously michael would want that to happen it's just things that can happen when a player's mindset is thinking about an adam jacko or a mirror Lempianic. Mm-hmm. it's just little split decisions can be made in games like that that'll leave a space in behind the might you know that another player will occupy and that player will have technical quality you know they obviously might not be a big name but if you're playing for Bosnia there's a good chance you're a decent footballer do you know what I mean so you do have to worry about things like that when you kind of play like a narrative it's almost like playing a narrative in a football game but I I mean it's hard to say I'm confident because obviously what we saw with Bosnia recently but I feel like we're in a different mindset now completely from the Nations League and I do think that like I, th- I do think we can go into this game with the confidence now because of that Belfast draw. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that really is going to be quite a big thing for us and, and it's not to be looked over, you know, overlooked, sorry, because, like, if we had a known with an away draw, it's just a whole different affair going into Bosnia. You realise yeah. there's going to be two big slogs yeah. and it's not saying that it's not going to be two really tricky games to get through. It's just a real incentive for those guys to go out there and put in the best shift of their lives in Bosnia and then come to Belfast and just have the best night of their lives potentially as well. Yeah. So I think I, I'm, I'm actually quietly confident but I don't want to say too much about it, do you know what I mean, in that way, because yeah. I don't want to jinx anything, man. It's such a huge game. Yeah, um, just to quickly wrap up on the sort of Bosnia, and we will obviously be putting a big preview out for the for the Bosnia match uh, before the game in March. 
Uh, but you've got Eden Dzeko here. He's got 58 goals and 107 appearances. Just an incredible scoring record. Uh, and I know that's, you know, potentially stat padding against the Liechtenstein, San Marinos and stuff like that. But he clearly has done the business against nations like us before, against bigger nations before. He's played in World Cups, European Championships with uh, with Bosnia. Uh, Merlin Pjanic is 15-92. and 92. Not so much of a goal scorer, but you can see the quality he's got if you watch any uh, Juventus match. Uh, Eden Visca is another player that people might not have heard of. He's a bit of a, a bit of a veteran in the Bosnia team. He's he's 10 goals in 50, which is fairly impressive for a midfielder as well. Uh, he's at Istanbul Basak Shahir. Yeah. Um I knew he was in Turkey. Is that a good pronunciation? Yeah, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll get somebody I on think to, so. to verify that. <laughs> um I mean, not that we're in any sort of place to slag the, uh, other nations off no. for having goal scoring have, uh, having goal scoring problems, <laughs> but they are the only real three that have over five yeah. or six goals for their country. There's not a lot of goals, so it's clear where Michael has to has to cut off the supply line. He, yeah, he has to stop getting the ball. So I mean, Nations League, you know, we we sort of experimented with the team. It was Billy Pickock, Farrell, Jamal Lewis were sort of finding their feet. In this in this Northern Ireland side, uh, whereas now I think it's much more of an established set team, um. So I think for you know, I, for me, I do back Michael to, to maybe potentially get us through yeah. that actually, and I really hope he does because home playoff against uh, you know to get into the European Championships would just be such yeah. a great night at Windsor. I don't yeah. normally want to say, it, but like ask me fifteen minutes into the game what I think because <laughs> I and I think it is all about how we start that game. Like I mean, does Michael take the approach where you want to settle into the game and 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 try ease yourself in the first thirty minutes and not really risk too much? Or do you want to go at them from the start and really show that we're, you know, we're something to be, you know, and be proud of ourselves and really go for it? Like, uh, for me, that's that's the real key question. How are we going to approach the start of the game? Because I think that will be, you know, that's how the whole game will be is sorted out in that way, in, in my opinion. I think uh, something that we can certainly both agree on, it seems like a bit of an obvious point, and this, this is the last thing we'll do before we uh, move on from the playoffs and talk about the Holland and Germany matches. But... It is just about having these players available for us, as we'll talk about during the Germany game. We had five key players missing, and look how diff- how much different a team we look. So what I will say is, all things equal, all players fit right now, and this could change, so it isn't overly serious, but what would be your team for Bosnia if everyone's fit? If everyone's fit? Yeah. Okay, so I think I think for, for me, it's a back four. Yeah. Um, would you play back four yeah, as well? Yeah, okay, so I'd go Peacock-Farrell. Peacock, yeah. Right back, I'd, I'd play Dallas. Okay. Center half has to be Cathcart and Evans. Uh, left back, Jamal Lewis. Obviously, he's had yeah. some problems at, at times, but hopefully, it, I think he'll be grand anyway. Hopefully. I mean, it's um, four months away, so yeah, this sort of it, niggling it, yeah. elbow problem. You, just, you worry if that'll yeah. come up again, but hopefully, he'll be okay for that one, and so we'll just we'll put him in there. He's pressed left back by Mahel. Uh, midfield three, I just play... I play Davis, obviously. I play McNair. Yeah. And I... Who do you go in the thirds? Yeah. That's, for me, that's yeah. where I'm really... Well, for you, you, for you, are you going to go for... I'll like start a, Savile. Okay. And are you going to go for like a, a conventional front three with wingers and a striker? Or are you going to... Oh, s- am I going to play Corey Evans? Corey, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to play Savile midfield. Up, I'm in front three. It's tricky. Do you play Corey in there? Because I mean, against a Germany or a Holland, it makes sense. But Bosnia, you'd like to think we'd maybe go for it a bit more. Mm-hmm. But it is, obviously, it's such a, it's a one-off game. I'd actually... Depend, it really depends on a lot of club form as well, doesn't it? Like Gavin White, for example, he could be someone that, yeah. that just continues to put in a good shift for Cardiff. Maybe he gets more minutes and, and he'll be playing a lot. I'd, I'd, I'd like to play someone like Gavin White in a yeah. game like that as well and just yeah. and take the risk. Um, up front, I don't know. God. So Washington in this scenario would be yeah, fit? Yeah, would be fit. I think you'd have to play Washington, wouldn't okay. you, from the start? And McGinnis, like you, like you love as an impact sub, would make a lot of sense. So, I mean, Washington... If he's fit, yeah, I'd be playing him. And other wing spot, 
Jordan Jones? It has to be Jordan Jones, yeah. Forget Jordan Jones will be Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, he, he's back now. He's yeah, trailing yeah, yeah. Rangers again, so he will be... Sort it of will be Jones then for me. So I think that's a really positive side there I've just named. Like, that's mm-hmm. the kind of side that I'd, if I saw him line up with that, I'd be like, whoa, he means business. Yeah. He's going to win this game. Yeah. Like, he's really going for it. Pace. And just and go for them because I think we could kill a team like that with pace. We could surprise them. I mean, I I would ideally. I I mean, my team would certainly be very similar to yours. Yeah. I would ideally like to have just something off the bench it's on the wings as well. So maybe white. We would have. I maybe I'd maybe do Corey Evans on the right. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I say that is just because obviously if Michael O'Neill's looking at Bosnia and he's sort of having a look at who do we need to cut off the supply line. Merlin Pjanic is somebody you'd like to smother in that midfield in the same way we did to Kroos and Kimmich it's in, true, in yeah, Germany. It's true, from playing. Uh, sorry, at home to Germany. Yeah. So maybe if you've Corey Evans in there, out, out wide, sort of given an option, but defensively coming in centrally and sort of yeah. having four in there and smothering them really in midfield. Really compact in there, yeah. I'd maybe do that. Um, I would like to have somebody off the bench. So obviously Josh McGuinness and Gavin White would be two great impact subs to bring on. White just to scare the life out of them with yeah. his pace. And Josh McGuinness, well, he's already we've already seen how how great an impact sub he is. Yeah, off the bench for us, uh, Jordan Jones. I just think he, he's too much quality. You have to start him in this yeah. one, um, just to have a bit of a threat up there. And I think that's the right balance. You know, okay, Corey Evans on the right maybe could be foreseen as a bit of a negative pick from Michael, um, but then you balance that out with the quality and the energy and dynamism of uh of Jordan Jones and Connor Washington's just gonna run yeah. the racket for for 60, 70 minutes before. Uh, we eventually get uh, get Josh McGuinness to come on. So I think that's an interesting way to look at it because, like, obviously we've we've looked a lot about that kind of right hand side link up between um, Gavin White and and obviously Stuart Dallas. But yeah. you do you, so we almost forget that's what we were getting on the left hand side with Jordan Jones and Jamal Lewis oh, before yeah. the injury. You know, yeah. so that that's pretty crucial way to look at it. Do you like the way you've done it? I think you've got a good balance there. We've got that overlap from Jamal on the left, but you're not too offensive on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. And my team there would be obviously quite a lot of bombing forward and it'd be a lot of pace there. I just think that could be an interesting shout to go for actually in a game like this. But like you say, it's always really lovely to have something off the bench. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking back to the Bosnia game in the Nations League out in Sarajevo. Yeah. Uh, worth noting that this match is actually going to be played in Zeneca, I think. Right, okay. Uh, with, uh, with only a 14,000-seater stadium, which is yeah. interesting because I think Sarajevo is something like 35, 40,000. Uh, so so yeah. how, how that'll impact it, I don't really know. Interesting, Obviously, yeah. less Northern Ireland fans there. Um, but in in uh, in Sarajevo in the Nations League, Gavin White came on and and you know was a constant threat. Okay, he did miss the the sitter, yeah, but was a constant but was a constant threat to them. So maybe we could we could have a look at doing that again. Yeah. Um. Anyway, helping off with the the playoff chat there. Yeah, that's Ready great. To I'm move looking on forward to. Yeah. Uh, well, let's 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 talk briefly about the the Holland game. We obviously have done a ten minute quick reaction to this and have covered most of our bases, but. I mean, you have to feel for Steve Davis on a on a night where he has broken this record of the the um, most capped British midfield player of all yeah. time internationally. Um, and he just thought it's perfect for him. Um, and it's just it's just one of those things. He's tried to smash it, and it's 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 it happens. Yeah, we were in the stands, and like we didn't really know what had happened initially, but obviously he'd given the penalty, and and apparently it was quite a harsh penalty. Yeah. And, and I actually still haven't seen the the incident okay. back, but it 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 seemed. It, it sort of comes off I think it's Veltman it comes off his foot and then onto his arm right uh, sort of Savile and him sort of go for the ball and it bounces up onto his arm so right. it's so certainly really not in a deliberate one. handball yeah. but it's potentially stopped the ball going in right. the net in which case in the new rules that would be a penalty so but yeah I mean we were in the north stand like as Stevie was lining up to, to take it and I honestly could have bet so much in him at least hitting the t- I, 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 to me when I think of Steve Davis and a penalty I never think of him blazing it over the bar yeah. like he's it's always going to be on target at least you know what I mean but I just one of those moments with Steve um you know where he's just for whatever reason. I'm obviously there's a lot of time wasting before the penalty was taken, yeah. which is think, which, which we can't really complain about. No, so it's, it's, they did exactly what they need to do in that yeah. situation, and yeah. it's obviously worked for them. So yeah. 
it's one of those things, you know, Steve Davis, he didn't let it affect him. I mean, he just played on for the rest of the game and it's classic Steve. So yeah. no one will look at that and think, no. oh, Steve, what have you done? Do you know what I mean? Like, no, it's just one of those things that It happens. is just a bit of a shame because he has, has had a couple of moments. And I mean, he has, don't get me wrong, he has been the best Northern Ireland player in my lifetime yeah, for me, easily. certainly. The yeah. only one that comes close is David Healy. But I think in terms of quality and consistency, I think we actually talked about it in the did, last podcast, did, yeah. uh, that Steve Davis is, is, is the best for me. Has to be. Um, he has had, obviously, he, he, that moment against Serbia, the back pass, and then came back from it by qualifying us for the Euros as well. Yeah. Um, and then he just said that moment, and that it, would, it, would just have, it would oh. just have been such a, such a perfect headline. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that will give him a bit of extra impetus yeah. uh, going into the playoffs potentially uh, to step up again as he always does he will and, yeah uh, I think he will qualify us and wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't be such a story if a Steve Davis goal against the Republic of Ireland at yeah, Windsor imagine for incredible the years, yeah imagine. it'd be such an amazing moment um, just, to, just to talk about as well because uh, akin to Germany akin to the Germany performance at home it was uh, sort of a high press in the first half uh, created a lot of chances especially in that first 10 minutes you look at it back we created like three or four good solid chances yeah in those we looked 10 at minutes. each other in the stand like what's, yeah, we're what's really this is really high intensity yeah. this is great put them under the cosh yeah yeah it exactly. was like early on that wasn't it the press early on that um, Sillison was nearly caught out I yeah. think who was it um, unlucky with that Corey, Corey Evans, Evans yeah, Corey Evans early on yeah the the press. there you go yeah I mean there, there's a maybe a case why Corey might play over in Bosnia as well mm-hmm. you know the things like that so early on there was a lot of dynamism it was really really high intensity high octane pressing um, I feel like in the second half, obviously, it faded a little bit. And honestly, we just couldn't keep the ball. We just couldn't get really a string of passes going at all. But, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that happens when you're playing a side like that. They just held all the ball, essentially, in the second well, half. Well, the thing is, they did have all the ball, but they didn't They didn't actually... No. Can you remember a clear chance they created, apart from Not the really, one in the first no. half, where it's a bit of a scrap and bounce yeah. up against the bar? I mean, they didn't... I thought the impressive thing for me was, and it was, like, as I was talking to my dad after the game, and he was just saying about how, you know, enjoyable it was to watch such a world-class team like Holland basically dominate that second half with the quality they have. They were so intricate around the box. I think yeah. we mentioned in the in the post-match podcast that you know, Frankie de Jong had such a good game in midfield, oh, literally controlled quality. it. Yeah. And you can see why Barcelona bought that guy. Yeah, he's brilliant. I mean, they were missing a couple of a couple of their players. Jeannie Wijnaldum's a big player in midfield for them. Um, Memphis Depay, obviously, is the man with the quality in that front three yeah. for Holland. Um, but we did keep good players at bay. You know, we, did, we, yeah. we, we didn't let them create a chance. And I, I mean, feel like yeah. that's what we can do when we have our, our full team available. Mm. No, definitely. Going to Bosnia, away from home, there will be you know spells, periods of that game where we have to go there and we have to frustrate them. We won't have the ball all the time. They will have pressure and we need to know how to defend against that. And okay, against Germany, there was such a press in the first half that the legs fell off and they did create a lot of clear-cut chances yeah. but I think Michael's learned from that and against Holland we were able to, to shut them out which was yeah. really encouraging I mean I do think like I think from a Holland perspective their fans will look at that and think there was a lack of urgency in the Holland team and there probably yeah. was a lack of urgency I mean they knew that really a draw here was like a pretty solid result well, for like both it sides them and it qualifies them yeah. exactly so I mean they probably didn't have too much urgency but you can never look at that like that I think you have to realise this is still a top class side yeah. and even though there were players missing there was quality they have such great strength and depth and we still managed to hold them out and we looked honestly I felt pretty comfortable watching the game from the stands I don't know about you I really didn't feel like we were in that much danger yeah. and that is a testament to how Michael's got this side yeah. organised and if there's any indication as to how far we've come under Michael O'Neill Holland one of the favourites to win Euro 2020 five minutes to go brought on a centre half to sure up for yeah, Nathan Ake came I on. know they needed, yeah. needed a point and fair enough but maybe you know that that just does show that that he was worried even about even though yeah. they dominated that full yeah. first half negative from kuma half, you could say that's negative from Roman yeah kuma. i know yeah, yeah. i mean After i, I, I really enjoyed that that chant at the end it really he sort of oh, yeah, sort of yeah. came up we're not gonna we're not yeah. gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna mention it because it's a family-friendly podcast but he sort of came up on the big screen and i've been wanting to get stuck in him all night because the comments actually did really annoy me 
Um, yeah. Just because, you know, who are you to, to say that about a small nation with with uh, little resources? Yeah. And he came on the screen and Northern Ireland fans and the cops sort of clocked it and just sort of heard... Oh, yeah, yeah, you know exactly <laughs> what they're saying. And then it just became saying. really loud. <laughs> I heard a couple of people on the on the Northern Ireland uh, page commenting, like their their daughters and sons were asking them what, what were they singing? So maybe yeah. that might have been an awkward moment for that some could people. have been, yeah. But uh, he deserved that. I mean, he, I suppose he, he did have the last, last laugh because he did qualify. And then yeah. came out afterwards and said that he wants us to qualify now. He thinks being Northern Ireland oh, being yeah. in a major tournament. What a shock. So yeah, yeah, he's come out and sort of bottled it a wee bit. Oh, but whatever, I mean, God. fair enough. Well, yeah. he, he's out of the equation now. He's irrelevant. Um, and we move on to the playoffs. Uh, so happy enough with... Oh, there's one thing, there is one thing I want to mention on the uh, on the Netherlands game. Uh, and I know we, we really do avoid this topic 100% of the time in this podcast because it's a football podcast. But I heard a couple of people saying that Van Dijk was being booed because of Celtic connections. I just want to say like that is complete nonsense. I've been going to Windsor Park for... 13, 14 years. Uh, I remember Slovakia coming uh, in that in that big game in the qualification for the 2010 World Cup and Martin Skirtle was booed. Uh, I remember when we played Portugal, Cristiano Ronaldo was booed. It's The fact of the matter is Northern Ireland, more or less everyone supports Manchester United or Liverpool. And if there's, a player, if there's a player there that plays for the other team, they're going to get booed by a section of the crowd. Yeah. Or... Ronaldo, one of the best players in the world, gets booed, put him off his game. Yeah, Van Dijk, one Van of the Dijk. Top, top five players in the exactly. world, you know what and, I mean? And, and Van Dijk got applauded off at the end with the rest of the Holland team. Yeah. So this idea, I mean, I, I didn't even remember he played for Celtic and I was sort of booing him. Just, I actually, no, you, and you, I'm a Liverpool yeah. supporter. You, know, you just said just, that there and I, I, I just remembered, yeah. to be honest, I just clocked it again that he did play there. And the, you know, the media and our detractors will always try and paint Northern Ireland fans in this light and there's nothing we can do about it. And I sort of feel bad giving it any sort of credence at all. But I just wanted to sort of bring my experience of Windsor Park into that, and especially the Martin Skirtle thing. It was quite clearly because he used to play for Liverpool. Um, Van Dijk, I think, was just a mixture of plays for Liverpool and is one of the best defenders in the world and wanting to put him off. Um, and, yeah. you know, that's just, that that's a level of respect as well. And people may say it's a bit small time, but you know what? It's a bit of crack. It's it's a level of respect to Virgil Van Dijk and where he's come over the years. And I can promise you it's absolutely nothing to do uh, with connections to Celtics. So uh, moving on to the Germany game. Uh, a bit of a dead rubber, thankfully. Um, a few players pulling out. I mean, we didn't have Dallas Evans, Lewis, Jones or Washington obviously weren't in the squad at all. Um, I think the narrative around this game is just that without a full squad, um, we are very thin. And we've seen that over the years in friendlies and matches like Croatia, um, Luxembourg at home in the friendlies. We've just seen that we, we need our big players available and that's always going to be the case for Northern Ireland. Yeah, no, I, I mean the Germany. We were. I was watching that, and just the goals were running in, and I was just. I honestly, I wasn't even that. To me, like that game was kind of just one of those one-offs games. You know, I said actually before the game, a couple of weeks before the game, I won the podcast that I thought that game would be quite high score, high scoring. Yeah, because ultimately that's the way the groups kind of fallen, and that's the way the fixtures have fallen. So I was, I was right. I did think there'd be a couple more for Northern Ireland, maybe yeah. one or two less for Germany. Yeah. But I mean. I got a moment of Michael Smith being prime Gerard, you know what I mean? So that was all I kind of needed, to be honest with you. I, I mean, that, that was, as we were sort of talking about it there, I was I was watching it uh, in the bar, and, like, the commentator didn't even know who it was, so it, we just saw the ball fall out. Somebody absolutely smack it into the bottom corner, and my immediate reaction was, oh, Flip, who was that? It must have been, like, McNair or somebody. And then I go and see, like, Michael Smith not knowing what to do with his celebration. I mean, on to a more serious point, would like, is Smith an option at right back now? I mean, I know when he... When he came into this, uh, came into the team at the start of the campaign when we were playing Estonia and Belarus, and we maybe talked about it as a negative selection from Michael. Um, but this guy is has actually has actually done quite well for us. I mean, yeah. he got a bit of stick in the Holland away game because some of the goals yeah. came down his side. But I mean, certainly the way we were playing, it's not one man is responsible no for way. a side. No way. Um, 
I mean, this guy's done well. I, I had a look at the, the Northern Ireland Twitter uh, responses to when he scored, and there were a load of Hearts fans in there, not even from Northern Ireland, a load of Hearts fans in there, like, absolutely uh, loving this guy. Yeah. Like, they absolutely adore him. Yeah, yeah. And it could be a bit of a cult hero thing, 32, um, you know, doing quite well. But, I mean, this guy, fair play to him, is a guy who I'd barely heard of two years ago. Literally. Um, and But is he an option now if we, if we want to play Dallas further forward, if we're maybe a bit worried about playing, like, a White Jones-Washington front three? maybe just because of the height and the physicality or even a bit of experience, uh, we could put Dallas in the front three and I think we can trust this guy right back. Well, to answer your serious question in a really serious way, you know, we were worried about him being a defensive fullback and limited, but he scores screamers. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's all we need to know about this guy. He, apparently, he can just go ahead and just be Cafu now. So, no, in all seriousness, I, I actually think he, he's definitely an option. I mean, it gives you... Dallas, of course, has been great at right back and we've liked seeing him yeah. there. He can obviously play in midfield as well. Dallas is that kind of guy that if you want to move him on the left wing, he'll do it. He's just such a utility player at this point for us that it's really nice to have options. It's Options are never a negative thing and, and you know that Smith's going to give you that, that more limited role. He'll play his role and he'll just sit and he will and he will help and he'll, uh, he's not a bad pass to football as well. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's technically... He's got a couple of assists actually. Yeah, technically season. he is not that bad a player actually, to be honest with you. Maybe that some people would have given credit for earlier yeah. on. You know, I think we've kind of realised he's actually got a bit of technical ability to him so he's definitely an option moving yeah. forward and depending on how Michael looks at this Bosnia game depending on how you might look at a certain winger for a side there's things that can go into that you know if whether a side plays always down the left and really over like overflows down the left with numbers Michael Smith's probably your option there because yeah. he will cover well do you know what I mean and I, th- I think uh, we maybe do Michael Smith a slight slight bit of a disservice and always referring to him as this quintessential defensive yeah I mean, maybe because this guy just looks like the type of guy who gets it and hoofs the ball, lets the tackle see the rest, and just plays like a third centre half. He's actually, you know, he does, as I say, he does get goals, he does get assists for hearts. Yeah. He's got a goal for us, and he does sort of tend to get forward. I mean, this guy's not Cafu, as you as allude to, <laughs> but I mean, he's not he's not the type of guy that just doesn't cross the halfway line. He can offer us. Maybe he's more of a forward. Gary Neville. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that maybe I, like I can see him as the Northern Irish Gary Neville. Maybe we'll start mm-hmm. calling him that in the podcast. Okay. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Gina. Well, let's, let's call him Gina. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Gene F. Yeah, perfect. M. Smith. I think that old, yeah, M. Smith, that's perfect. No, yeah. yeah. No, no, and I, I feel like he had I mean, a strike. I feel like, uh, you're joking there, but I feel like that's a fair enough comparison. Yeah, yeah. A, no. You know, a guy, that's, a guy that plays well. Does no, it, genuinely. Yeah, is more of a defensive fullback, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't the type of guy who just doesn't cross the halfway line. I feel yeah. like against, it was either Holland or Germany at home as well, he had a strike from outside the box that I thought went in for a minute. Yeah. So maybe like just him popping up on the edge of the box and might be a theme for us. We'll I see. I think that was maybe one of the away games, was it? it was, was it? Maybe Estonia or Belarus. I can't remember. But there was I, definitely I one of the, definitely one of the Germany home games. Yeah, I mean, well, um, we, we sort of laughed at that as if yeah. I'll imagine that went in. But yeah. I mean, this guy is a guy who maybe has got that in the slot. Maybe he, in training, he, he's smacking these these <laughs> balls in top top ends every time. Who we'll, knows? We'll get Michael on, we'll ask him. Yeah, we'll have to That's ask Michael, we'll I think. That's the only way to find out, yeah. All right, moving on to the centre half. I mean, I, I feel bad sort of having a go at this guy because... He, he doesn't pick himself. It's not his fault that we have such limited options ahead of uh, or below Evans and Cathcart at centre-half. Uh, but Tom Flanagan was just terrible in this game. He was at fault for a couple of the goals, especially the, is it the Gnabry second, yeah, where Gnabry's. he's just all over the place. I mean, this guy you know, in League One isn't getting a game for Sunderland. There probably yeah. is a reason for that. Um, and all the more, for me, it just emphasises how important it is to keep Evans and Cathcart centre-half. Yeah. Not least because you don't want to drop Paddy McNair in there. No, exactly. I mean, that would have been a thing even if we had good cover. I would want to be keeping Evans and, and yeah. Cathcart, but after seeing that performance, like these guys need to stay fit. And Johnny Evans is obviously, I think, recently did, did, did a little niggle in one of the games, the lesser games. Um, I don't think it's, I think Brendan Rodgers came out and said it's okay, it's yeah. nothing bad. So um, Johnny Evans is traditionally, he's never really had too many in, um, in, injury problems, thank God, over the years, you know, and he has kind of stayed fit for us for the most part. 
But he's just playing such high octane football there. He's playing week in, week out yeah. Leicester, and there would be more pressure coming on to Leicester he's as the months really go. Well and he's doing too. so well, and he's apparently he's the real leader in that defence. You know, obviously Sionkus came in and did brilliantly yeah. um, for Leicester as well. But a lot, all the Leicester fans will tell you that Evans is that leader in the defence, and he is exactly the same for Northern Ireland. Yeah. He needs to be fit first and foremost. Cathcart comes second for me in command. Mm-hmm. You know, after Evans, yeah, but they're equally they're they're both just so important to the side. So if one of them gets injured before the Bosnia game, it's just that's when the nerves start kicking in for me and I start getting worried about that that game, I really do. And I don't know if you've seen, but there was a bit of a rumour in the last week that Pep Guardiola was looking at one of Johnny Evans or, or Sionku. Sionku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sionku, is yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. One of those two. I saw that. in January. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Arsene Wenger rated this guy, yeah. tried to get him at Arsenal. But uh, Arsenal fans sniffed their noses at that and they really did, yeah. they didn't like it at all. But I just think it's one, one, one of those cases of, you know, he's, he's a British player, you know. Yeah, he, and they saw a small not, price not, tag and yeah, everything. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not, not going to lie, it's not a if if my club made the sign in it's it's without if I didn't know a lot about Johnny Evans and yeah. watching for Northern Ireland it's not a sign that I would get overly excited about but I think this guy he is good in the ball he is a good defender and overall and he's shown it this season for Leicester I mean they I, I think I'm not sure if they still have but they were they had the least goals conceded in the league and this is where I like, think they still do yeah I think they do because they, they, they just kept they, a clean sheet there did the they weekend? win at the weekend there? yeah, yeah, I, yeah yes know? they did do you know way to Brighton yeah so and when you, when you consider like last year with Liverpool and Man City, with the defenses they had, I mean conceding an average of one goal every two yeah. games, it was just it was just crazy. And I know maybe they have conceded both teams, both of those two teams have conceded slightly more this year, but for Leicester especially, and it's not like these guys are really really defensive. No, they're this not parking the bus. Brendan Rodgers' team. Yeah, Chilwell and Ricardo Pereira are bombing forward as yeah. well, the two fullbacks. Like it's not like these guys are parking the bus. That just is that just shows how brilliant Johnny's been in Marshall not defense. I think it's really so much of it's down to him, and people still won't give him credit because I feel like over the years we've talked about with Steve Davis. It just seems like these guys don't get the credit in the Premier League. You know, like Steve Davis wasn't getting any real mentions from people apart from Southampton fans, and Johnny Evans isn't really getting the talk. It's all about Sionku for some reason because yeah. he's the new guy in the block. But Evans has been there, done it, and he's proven his, his class at Leicester again. And Leicester fans will tell you Evans is the key man in that yeah. defence. They will say that to you. He's done really well. Um, moving on, just a couple of more players I want to mention. Uh, we're going to wrap this up very soon. Uh, Jordan Thompson came in against Germany, and I actually thought did quite well. Had some nice touches. Yeah. Uh, Michael O'Neill's talked about this guy as somebody who can definitely challenge to be in our midfield. Obviously, he's playing every week in, in League One for Blackpool. Uh, ideally, if he was starting for us, you'd want him to be at least championship level or higher. Uh, but for right for now, a young player, a guy who's been at Rangers and Manchester United, so clearly has been highly rated. Yeah. Um, for this guy just to be getting regular minutes at a decent enough level of English football, I mean, he is some, somebody we can keep our eye on for the future. Yeah, every time I've seen him come on for us in, in his week cameo appearances, sometimes he gets more minutes than other games. Um, he's just always looks so bright and positive. Like, he really does have a go, and, and he's not afraid to take on a fullback, and even, when, even though he's a midfield player, you know, he's not afraid to do things like that. Yeah. He, he's really, really positive approach. And I think Michael will love that. Michael will keep encouraging that from him because he can always be a useful guy to bring on in a game to give you that energy and, and he will always bring that to a game. Yeah. Might be a little bit raw and still in some cases, but young guy, mm-hmm. I think he could really stick a claim in the midfield because it's not exactly like the midfield three are locked in, no chance anyone can break yeah. into it. There's definitely a chance there for someone to maybe take like a George Savile spot, for example, yeah. you know, so because obviously Savile isn't playing those minutes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think just keep bringing him on, keep having these positive cameo appearances and that's really that's a really good sign, I think, for him. I think you talk about the, the midfield three not being locked down. I would say Davis and McNair are two positions yeah, course, that are locked yeah, down. Yeah. And like, as, you, as you mentioned, Corey Evans, George Savile not playing a lot of football. Also, Michael has tended to play either Evans on the right wing, Savile on the left wing, as we saw against Holland so mm-hmm. if he wants to do that and say one of Evans or Savile either aren't performing or aren't getting the minutes or don't have the match fitness I mean Jordan Thompson like put it this way playing Bosnia in March 
if I if I see like George Savile's injured and we want to play Corey Evans on the right wing and I see a midfield three of Davis McNair and Jordan Thompson I feel like I'd be more excited than worried just That's to see what this guy exciting. can offer because yeah. he is a guy who's attacking he can, mm-hmm. he can offer us quality and attack he's a good uh, dead ball uh, he's a good taker of dead balls yeah. um, we saw that in the Luxembourg game where yeah. in a drab friendly he was maybe one of the standouts for Northern Ireland mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was just good to get him some minutes, especially for his twenty minutes. He was some of his touches were we were mugging off. Some of the, yeah, some, no, some it's really true. Good players. No, it is really true. But um, we also can't forget that it's not like Steve Davis and Paddy McNair are invincible and can't get injured as well. Yeah. You know, the, one of these true. guys could get injured, and that's suddenly a midfield decision we have to make. And Thompson could be that guy that slots in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, another exciting one for the future. There. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about was what, what do you sort of make of Savile on the left? I mean, it seems like a bit of a negative a negative call, but he has played there a bit for Middlesbrough. Uh, Middlesbrough fans actually are giving him a bit of stick right now and I think it's min- mainly to do with the fact that they bought him for £8 million from Millwall maybe expected a little bit more from him yeah. uh, hasn't got really the minutes this season and no. Paddy McNair has really stepped up so maybe um, from a balance point of view there you expect Savile to be the man that offers equality whereas McNair is doing it got another yeah. assist at the weekend there um, I thought he played quite well against Germany he has got a really good left foot so um, in ter- you know, against bigger nations per- perhaps we won't be playing so much down the wings mm. getting to the byline it's, it's just not really possible for us so to have yeah. this guy with a bit of a quality delivery from the left I mean he forces the penalty against Holland Yeah, uh, uh, I think he well he obviously doesn't get the assist against Germany but he does no. force the ball in the box which yep. comes out so I mean this guy um, in terms of an addition for that position or, an, or certainly for a backup for that, for that position in the last couple of games done alright yeah, I mean, we've always known he's had like real technical quality, especially on his left foot. I think the thing with Savile is like a picking him out, like in terms of identity, like what kind of midfielder is he? I think that's always been the question mark around George Savile. You know, with Davis, we know what Davis does. He buzzes around the pitch. He's always playing quick one twos. We know that he dictates. He's a tempo setter of the team. Paddy McNair is the guy that will get beyond. He'll have a few shots on goal. He's not afraid to go and and, and kind of make that run and and advance beyond. You know, the front three. Um, but Savile, we've never really known. Like, is he a sitter? Is he going to sit there? Is he going to advance? Is he is he going to play like a kind of just that passing composer role? You know, like what what's his necessary his role in the team? So I think like playing him at left isn't the worst shot. You know, we know that he can deliver so well from there. We've seen it already. Um, I just think for me with Savile, like he's all, normally he does play like 60, 65 minutes. Yeah. It's always just been a case of you know, what is this guy's role in the team necessarily? You know, I think he's just fitting in to fit in at the minute. And I just, I, w- I would like, I love Savile. You know, we're both supporters yeah. of him. We we have liked Savile from early on. And yeah. I've heard so many good things about Savile from his like Wolves days and, you know, way beyond that, you know, when he was very young coming through at Chelsea and things like that. Um, but I just wish I knew a bit more about his role and what he wants yeah. to be. You know, in that side, I think he's obviously just doing what Michael's essentially getting to do. Of course, he's going to do that, you know. Yeah. But I just wish I knew a bit more about him as a player, yeah. you know, in terms of what he wants to be. Do you know what I mean? I think if, if you look at his performances from what we've seen from Northern Ireland over the last couple of years since he sort of uh, was qualified to play for us, it uh, was just a really good technical player. Um, from, from the left foot, we've seen him you know create quite a lot he's you know i know it's a bit of a cliche that left-footed players are maybe the the, the classic wicked left foot uh, the delivery from that <laughs> like side everyone's got like a van percy left foot yeah on yeah exactly they, they all seem to just be just be like better players yeah. than right foot. No, so it's it true, looks it's better true. but it's just because you're not used to seeing it's it as rarer, much yeah um but i mean we, we this guy certainly does have technical quality obviously he could work on his shooting a little bit because he's missed a fair few sitters for us but yeah he, he, this guy can create chances the only thing you would say is maybe is a bit slow on it for playing out wide. Yeah, um, but yes. there probably possibly is room if you do have a Gavin White, somebody who's absolutely rapid on the other side. There maybe there is some room for a Savile, just yeah. a bit of a technical quality there. And okay, he's not going to get to the byline, but 
you know, he could create a chance. When you think about it in our side, how many left footers have we got? Yeah. There's only much. a cut. I can, Jamal Lewis, um, is, I mean, is Bailey Pico far left footed? Is he right footed? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's how much we're stretching. Yeah. So it's always good to have a bit of variation in the yeah. side. I think there's some managers in the, the times gone by. Like, I think Pep almost, I think Pep really loves having a few left footers in his okay. team. He's definitely spoken about that before. That's why he went and got, you know, Emmerich Laporte okay. to come and play center half and play that left hand side of the, the central defense. Managers like this, and and it's always it always does offer something in the game. It's tiny little details, but offers often balance. yeah, it does offer balance. Often players and defenders will think this guy's probably gonna be right footed. They will just like they might not know that much about these players. And George Savile, you know, being left footed, it's just like an interesting dynamic to maybe to have on his side. And yeah. I, I do think Michael actually likes that about him. To be honest with you, I think he actually yeah. likes the fact that he can come in on his left foot and whip a ball in like that. I think it's it does add an unpredictability to it. Yeah. Fully agree with you there. Okay, happy to wrap it up there then. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Looking forward to the playoffs. Obviously, I'm buzzing now, and they're obviously it's a wee bit away, but yeah. it's something to look forward to now. You know, still as a Northern Ireland fan, and really, yeah, God, it will fly by those months anyway. To be honest with you. Well, obviously, obviously those games are in March, um, yeah. so we have a bit of a four month uh, break until then. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll be getting a couple of podcasts out. Uh, we have been talking about a couple of different ideas we have uh, for growing the podcast a little bit, doing a few things a bit differently. Um, but we'll just see in that. Obviously, we've a couple of busy schedules here, so we'll just, we'll just see what we can do. Uh, we'll certainly be back for the preview of the Bosnia match, um, and hopefully we'll have another preview to do in the couple of days after, which will mean we're in a final. Let's hope so. Uh, which is just so exciting um, and plenty to look forward to as a Northern Ireland fan right now. Well, thank you very much for coming on, as ever. Absolutely. Um, so this podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. Uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts I never know uh, the iPhone fellas anyway yeah. yeah are you an iPhone no you're not no, an iPhone I'm, fella. I'm a Google Android. phone guy yeah oh, Google right, yeah okay. so it's Android of course but you're not one of those bitter ones that like talks about the iPhone no. battery all the time no, no I mean you know I like my phone it's yeah. fine I don't feel like I need to go to Apple but okay. I was once an Apple man yeah, yeah, yeah I'm an Apple man as well it's yeah. like the setup of it anyway <laughs> <laughs> wow that's side though um, yeah that was a bit of a, a tangent there but uh, yeah so they they are available on pretty much all those uh, all the main platforms for podcasts so um if that's easier for you to switch and listen to on another platform please feel free to do that i mean obviously because uh, it's it's your phone so you would feel free to do that yes um okay so gonna wrap it up there um thank you very much for listening uh, as ever just give the facebook page a like we do a couple of different updates on there playoff updates um you know updates on the on the Northern Irish guys playing for the clubs uh, and obviously you will be notified uh, when the podcasts go up so always worth uh, worth following that follow us on Twitter as well we're at Spirit of 2016 pod on there uh, trying to grow the Twitter a little bit more um, get a few more tweets on there and get a few more people engaging that way so please give the Twitter a follow as well um, and thank you for listening and we'll see you in well see you possibly before March but definitely in March for the playoffs for the preview of the Bosnia match and how exciting is that to be a Northern Ireland fan okay thank you bye bye <laughs>